This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. So, here we are. From second bottom to a seventh place finish and a 1 in 4 chance of promotion. Whatever happens next, it's been one hell of a journey. Back inside for Ollie Clark, here's Quinn, back right he goes, low ball, and that's it! It's three for Manor it's sheer joy that is an excellent team goal, goal. it's a great ball in towards the middle, low, low pass, is it? Is it? one on one with the keeper, Big Soaks takes it round and reaches, what a ball! From Jason Law, Rixos around the keeper, back of the net, 2-2, game on! Just makes a, a run at the near post, Barry in the middle, O'Toole's up there, we've got Barry! Jordan Barry, cross Westfield 3-1 up, with a forceful header! Barry with his back to goal, does well to find McLaughlin, low ball into yeah. the middle, locks down! Get in! It's two, Mansfield Town lift the roof off the one-course stadium. 30 seconds now remaining. Here is Oates on the edge of the box. Reese Oates turns, shoots, yes, 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 and yes, yes, comes in it. Yes, 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 just McLaughlin over this now for Manfield Town up steps Stephen McLaughlin what a strike from the yeah. McLaughlin looks to try and whip it in towards another towards those it might fall for Barry yeah yeah Barry came from the tightest of angles and fires Manfield back in front Kennedy who puts the ball back in towards the middle headed away by McLaughlin and now Mansfield can come away because it's Reese Oates in possession through the centre circle Reese Oates battling forward to the edge of the box it's Reese Oates what a goal it's Reese Oates and it is There's been so many memorable moments this season, from holding back the tears on the opening day as we returned post-pandemic and stunning Sunderland for a second year running, to Reese Oates' phenomenal solo strike against Colchester and smashing records after records, especially on home turf. Now, we're holding out hope for more. One moment, one goal. One opportunity to keep going and keep our dreams alive. If we're honest, it's not all about achieving promotion at the end of this, That's just a bonus. It's about not wanting this emotional thriller to end just yet. 
What stands in our way is a double header against the Northampton town side who are still feeling stunned and extremely hard done by, missing out on automatic promotion on goals scored thanks to a massive dollop of injustice with just moments left of the season. Tonight in our first playoff preview special, we'll reflect on the journey thus far and look ahead to a huge home game on Saturday night under the Wonkel Stadium lights. Four previous playoff campaigns, none of which have ended in promotion, and only one of those has seen the Stags actually progress to a final, 2003-2004, against, you guessed it, Northampton Town. Can history repeat itself? Can someone step up and be a hero? This is the place to let all the nervous energy out and have your say on your team. We're here for every single step of the journey, win, lose, or draw, this is the Mansfield Matters Podcast. Well, good evening and welcome to the Mansfield Matters podcast. It's the show for the fans, by the fans. This is the playoffs preview show. Mansfield Town against Northampton over two legs. One of the two sides will book their place at Wembley for a chance to fight it out for a place in League One. After a roller coaster season, can it be Mansfield Town who secure their space? Whatever happens, we'll just sit back and enjoy it as we have done all season. Joining me as ever to uh, look ahead to what is another massive game for Mansfield Town. We've got two men who have been there and seen it all. Starting off with the man who used to sit in front of me at one course stadium until I decided I'd had enough of him and decided to move into a career in radio. Clive Parking, good evening. Hello, Craig. Good evening, everybody. And the man who uh, will be calling out the goal scorers, hopefully a lot, Alan Wilson. Nice to see you again. Good evening, Craig. Good evening, everybody. Good evening, Clive. It's going to be a fantastic, fantastic week. No Nathan or Cam again today. Nathan is actually recovering from a small operation, nothing major. So we wish him all the best. He'll be, uh, you know, lying in bed, probably watching Hollyoaks. No, that's 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 Cam, isn't it? That's Cam, isn't it? Yeah, sorry. Uh, and Cam is uh, solo parenting. How times change. So uh, we wish Nathan all the best and uh, Cam turn Hollyoaks off. Uh, they'll hopefully be with us uh, next week as we look ahead to the second leg. That will be on Monday night. We'll let you know the times on our social media pages. As always, we want you to get involved with the show and have your say on your team. How are you feeling? Can Mansfield do it? Anything that you want to say about Mansfield Town, drop it in at the live feed in the comments and have your say on your team. I'll start with, uh, with you, Alan. It's going to be another... Um, nervy Saturday evening under the one course stadium lights. Of all the years that I've been watching Stags, I can never remember them playing at 7.45pm on a Saturday. It feels very, very weird, doesn't it? I'm not sure whether they played, <coughs> excuse me, I'm not sure whether they played against Preston when it was, when we're uh, doing the floodlights, we had some brand new floodlights and I'm sure that we were on telly then and it was fogged off, believe it or not. They had to abandon the game. I'm sure they did. It was something like that, but that's the only other thing I can remember, 7.45 on a Saturday. It's a very strange kickoff time, Clive. It's going to throw all routines out of the window, isn't it? Yeah, I don't like it much, but there you go. We have no say in the match. I think it's to avoid the Women's FA Cup final, isn't it? Yeah, it's to avoid some uh, some 
major TV event. And to be fair, I think for, for a lot of people out there, it's actually helpful because it makes it makes you uh, avoid Eurovision, Alan. So uh, it's not too bad. Yeah. <laughs> oh, devastated. <laughs> Do we still go in that? I don't know. No idea. <laughs> What's the what? point? Le poire. Absolutely. Uh, well, let's hope that it's the Stags fans that are singing the loudest on uh, on Saturday evening. Clive, on Monday, uh, we were together with Nathan for about four hours and we moved barely uh, 50 yards or whatever it was um, in, the, in the queue to get tickets for, for both legs. There's an excitement building around the club, isn't there? I was on the uh, the Northampton's uh, equivalent to this, although it's way, way better than this. Uh, it's all Cobblers to Me podcast, their preview show uh, last night. That comes out tomorrow on their Patreon feed, I think. Um, recorded it last night with, with the guys there. Um, they asked what word I'd use to describe our feelings ahead of this one. And I said hopeful. Can you beat that? I'd just put the word cautiously in front of hopeful. <laughs> I think um, I think we should be the team that feels the most relaxed because we we finished seventh, they finished fourth, and therefore they they're feeling a little bit damaged, I think, by circumstance. And historically, the team that creeps in at the bottom playoff position has a disproportionately high chance of getting through it. So uh, I think they might be worried about that. Plus, we're a team to 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 uh, respect. We're, on our day, we beat anybody, and we're playing at home where we beat most people. So um, I think we should be more confident than they are. Hmm. But going back to the uh, week and a half in the queue, it was it was interesting. <laughs> I mean, it was thankfully it was nice weather and we all had a good chat and uh, it was uh, it was it was really like um, something I've never experienced before. But I'm glad we did it because um, we've ended up with the tickets and we'll meet some nice people in that queue as well. Yeah, let's hope that it's not the last time that we're queuing up for tickets uh, this season. Let's hope there's, a, uh, there's one more game to add on the back of that. Going back to uh, words to describe how we're feeling ahead of uh, Saturday night, Alan. Um, I used ho- I used hopeful. Clive used cautiously hopeful. What are you going to uh, add to that? Positive. What, positive, what, positive, cautiously hopeful or just no. positive? Positive. In brackets, positive. That's a good word to describe it. Let us know your uh, thoughts in the comments. How would you describe how you're feeling uh, ahead of uh, Saturday night? Roger's been in touch and says, good luck to the Stags on Saturday. I'm at work in Skegness, so can't get. Hopefully win by a couple of goals. Give us a great chance then. Uh, Keep your comments coming in. Get involved in the live stream tonight and have your say uh, on your team. If there's any Port Vale fans uh, or... um, Swindon fans or indeed Northampton fans watching tonight. Let us know how you're feeling ahead of the playoffs uh, as well. Be interesting to hear uh, your thoughts. Let's delve into how the two sides shape up then in terms of form. Clive made a good point earlier on about saying the team that's in seventh seventh place stands more of a chance in terms of uh, you know the way they push forward and, and the momentum they go into this. But but this time around, it's a very very strange situation because traditionally when you look at that. Um, that that setup of fourth versus seventh. Fourth have usually fallen out of the automatic promotion places on the last day, traditionally by by losing or drawing. But Northampton did everything they could in their power um, to go up. So it's a bit of a different kettle of fish. They went into it in in, in relatively strong form in the end. They did, yeah. But uh, you know, fair play to Northampton for being there and doing as well as they did do. But so did Mansfield in in their own way. 
Mansour did really well, you know, because we were third, we were fourth. We've been hovering around fourth, fifth, sixth for quite a while now. But it was just just the two games that really let us down. But I'm glad we really, you know, stuck to his guns and uh, played as well as we did on Saturday because I think we did deserve a playoff spot, albeit seventh. Yeah, I'd, uh, I'd certainly agree with that, Clive. I mean, we look at the, the season as a whole and, and how it unfolded for us. Had it not been for that 14-game spell, as we've said a number of times, it could well have been, uh, been diff a different uh, story and refereeing decisions as well. But on balance, on reflection, a playoff finish, seventh-place finish is, I think, about right. Yeah, over 46 games, you tend to get what you deserve at the end of it. And... Uh, we really didn't deserve to cruise through because of the big hole we left ourselves in with those 14 games earlier in the season. But, you know, momentum is a big thing. And the two teams that had the most momentum in the end, second half of this season, Bristol Rovers and Mansfield Town. Bristol Rovers just did enough. And with a freak set of circumstances, they've got into autos. But they would have been the momentum team going into the playoffs under most circumstances. And we've had to find momentum in the second half of the season. And it, we, we thankfully, we had enough momentum during that good run to allow us to lose a few matches or have a few few results stolen from us in some cases and still be in with a shout. So all in all, I think where we are is where we deserve to be. I'm happy to be seventh. It doesn't matter where you are in that for as long as you're in it. Yeah, I think uh, Clive's got a good point there, Alan, isn't it? As long as you're in there in the end of the season, it gives you uh, as good a chance as anyone anyone else. What's your reflections on the campaign and where Mansfield finished? Yeah, possibly. I could possibly agree with Clive. Yeah, you know, the if you're where, you're where you are it's because of how you've played, like I say, 46 games. And it is a long old season. And we didn't have a very good start, as we all know. We did well during, you know, in the middle, coming up to the end. Lost a few, lost his way a little bit at the end, but we did just enough to get there, you know, where it matters. And I'm quite surprised that uh, I'm feeling as confident as I am with the first leg at home. I've just got a real strong feeling, you know, with being at home, that we'll do really well at home and, you know, do enough away. Yeah, let's talk about um, home advantage because... I asked Nigel Clough about this in the week. We'll hear that interview or a little bit of that interview uh, later on in the show. And we'll hear from Ollie Hawkins as well as we continue to, to preview Saturday night's uh, first leg. But um, on the subject of home advantage, I was a little bit disappointed for, for a while on, on Saturday last weekend against Forest Green that we didn't finish fourth or fifth to gain so-called home advantage, which is traditionally in the second leg. But all things considered, Clive, considering how Northampton finished, falling out of third place by virtue of somebody else putting seven in past a Scunthorpe side who were playing um, eight-year-olds in some controversial circumstances <laughs> on goals on goals scored, um, that, you know, that gives them a little bit of a, a wobble mentally. And considering Mansfield's Phenomenal home form. 13 wins out of the last 15. Only one defeat in the last 15 games at home. Second best home form in the division over the entirety of the season. Home advantage, plus the fact that they've got you know their goalkeeper suspended as well. Home advantage is actually very much in Mansfield's favour in the first leg this time around. Based on what you've just said, you'd think so. But I also think adversity breeds positivity, if you want to borrow one of Alan's words. I think 
when you feel you're, everything's against you, it does garner a little bit of team spirit. So I don't think they'll be too put, put off by what's happened now. They'll have they'll have been angry for a day and then lick their wounds for a day and get on with the rest of their lives afterwards. Um, and I think that the, if the manager's worth his salt, he will have got them fired up for for the Saturday game at, at the One Call Stadium. Um, I, I think we're in a good position as well. We've got no injuries apart from uh, the long-term uh, injury to Gordon. We've got uh, a, a, a full squad to select from, which it can be a headache, but it's, it's better than having nobody to select from. And uh, we're at home in Fortressfield Mill. So I think it's... it's and we've had a week's rest. So I think we've uh, we've got all the conditions we could have asked for going into playoffs. Yeah, I think another thing to, to think about there, though, Alan, is like Clive says, you know, the manager will give them a pep talk and he'll try and get them going. And as much as he will say, um, you know, focus is on the, the next game and it's all done and gone with now, there's nothing, you know, no amount of words can stop mindset. For me, there will be some anger in there and some disappointment from the players, from the Northampton players. And I think if Mansfield start well, I think that could be the key to keeping Northampton on the ropes. I'm going to say it could well go against them, uh, Craig, if you think about it, you know, because if they're not calm and collected and playing the passing football or, or, you know, however they play normally, if they're still a bit aggressive and whatever, and it's the key is the first 10, 15 minutes, if Mansfield score in that time, you know, they've got to change whatever lookout they've got, you know, to... Whether they come, I don't think they would come and park the bus, so to speak. But uh, they've got to really be, you know, try and get that goal back. I know it's two legs. And if they go 2-0 down, say, I know that they'll think they've got a good chance when they play at uh, Sixfield Stadium. But it, that first 15 minutes, I think, will be crucial. If we can get a goal in there, we'll see a different Mansfield town than what we normally do. We have to get goals for me, Clive. We have to be on the front foot. We have to come out and attack on home soil because away form, we'll talk more about this, you know, probably on, on Monday when we look ahead to the, the second leg, has not been as good as it should be. We've not been as clinical as, as we need to be. But for me, considering all the factors from a mentality perspective and all, everything in between, the fact it'll be a big crowd on home soil, there'll be a few nerves in the air. Coming out and starting well, that first 15 minutes, as Alan says, Clive, will be absolutely key to the way the tie progresses. Absolutely right. I, I, we need to come out firing on all, all cylinders because uh, it's the only way we can start the game as we mean to go on by dominating. And I think we have to adopt the front foot against a team that can score goals and have proved to be able to uh, claw out uh, successes during the season. They have to be, you have to respect this team. Uh, they're where they are for a reason. Um, and, but I think we're also fired up by the memory of the appalling uh, display we put on at Sixfields in the league game mm. because that was the low point, as far as I'm concerned, of our season. Not because we lost, was it 2-0 on the day? 2-0. 2-0. Yeah. It wasn't the result. It was the attitude, of what the perceived attitude of the team that day. We looked like we weren't bothered. That's the only time this season I can say that. So I think we've... We've got something to prove. We've beat them already on our ground as well. Don't forget that. So They're going to face a different animal at the six fields, aren't they? Surely yeah. we can't play that bad again. I know we had few players out and whatever. But... <laughs> well, if they do, we, we deserve not possibly. to go forward, don't we? <laughs> That's it. If we do play that badly, we don't deserve to go through. But they're going to face a different animal than what they faced before. That's a fact. 
Yeah, I think, you know, when we compare the two games this season, you know, absolutely different. I mean, I remember going there, you know, we really did have square pegs in round holes and we really did struggle from an attitude uh, perspective. I think we're in a much, much better place now than where we were. But I think a lot of it is going to come down to, uh, you know, how both sides perform on the day, how they cope with it. Because like Nigel Clough says, it is a, a different kettle of fish in terms of, the how you prepare, how you, you do everything. You know, you're not looking at well, we we might we will we'll set up this way because we've got this game on 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 Wednesday against a different opposition. It's the same opposition twice. You know, a two 0 win doesn't guarantee you a win in the second leg. You know, there's a possibility of penalties to prepare for if it's if it's still a draw after 90 minutes in the second leg on, on aggregate. There's all of those different permutations as well. So it's a very, very interesting one uh, to keep your comments coming in. Any questions that you want to pose to us or any comments that you've got, drop them in the live feed and have your say on your team like Pedro's done, who says, well off optimistic. Getting tickets yesterday was a nervy job. I'm going 4-1 on Saturday. Um, Roy says the Stags are going to Wembley. Na, 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 ooh, or whatever the tune is supposed to be. Uh, and Ellen says, would you start Barry or Aikens for the next couple of games? Now, uh, again, this is what we were just coming to, um, you know, uh, a couple of minutes ago in terms of setting up for both games. It's not about the next couple of games. I think it will be a very different selection for both legs based on how the first leg goes we may be trailing we've got to uh, we, you know we can't talk we can't talk about Mansfield winning the first leg because there's two teams involved we may not win the first leg we may have to be doing the chasing in the second leg and therefore have to set up differently so I'll, I'll change the question slightly from what Ellen's put she's put or, or they've put uh would you start Barry or Aikens for the next couple of games I'm going to change it to, would you start Barry or Aikens on Saturday? And I'm going to come to Clive first. Barry. Reasons? He had a decent game. Uh, today, in fact, by, a lot of people thought he was man of the match. I didn't, but I thought he had a good game. And I think Aikens has a different sort of quality. I think he's he's either the man if we if everything's thrown at us and we, we start to uh, need to mop up some of the uh, of their uh, attacking prowess. But at the moment, I'm with everybody else on this. If we go out firing and put them on the back foot, we're better off with Barry, I think, uh, adding some uh, potential firepower alongside Oates. Yeah. Uh, Alan, what's your, your views on it? Barry or Aikens? Barry for me, because I think he does more in the game. He started slowly. On uh, when he came on on Saturday, uh, when he started on Saturday, I thought we progressed into the game. He wasn't my man of the match either, but uh, he had a he had a decent game. He scored the goal, which is obviously you know what we needed at that time, especially. And I just think it helps out. Although Aikens does put a shift in, I'll give him his due. But I think the control that Barry gives you is just that shade above Aikens, in my opinion, because he controls it better and he's got such a burst of pace when he wants it. You know, listening back to the the the, the highlights when I was putting together the montage for the intro earlier today, it really does highlight, Alan, actually, that Bowery, he probably doesn't get as much credit as he deserves because he's really scored some really important goals for us this, this season. He has. I'm going to say, how many has he got now? It must Ooh, be yeah, close yeah, to double good. figures. Is, what's Where's he on? He? About seven or eight? Oh, where's my clipboard gone? 
Yeah, I would. I'd tell you the answer, but I've lost. Well, another thing to remember, of course, we were in a rich vein of form well. running up to January, and Bauer was part of that success. Yeah. And then with the with the signings that uh, we got in 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 January, including Aikens, he was it was put on, put on the bench, which was you know terribly unfair in some respects, and and obviously that was one of the reasons, not the only reason. I think it's one of the reasons why some members of our um, supporters took umbrage against Aikens. He was a different sort of player, didn't appeal to them in, in the same essence that uh, Bowery did. And it came on the back of a period of time when Bowery had earned his, his right to be in the, in the squad, in the, in the starting eleven. So you're right, he's got, he's got a fistful of goals. He'd have had a lot more goals and he had more pitch time. Yeah, I thought it was very hard done by actually in, in January, towards the end of January when... Uh, he was dropped and Aikens came in. I understood sort of why why that happened to try and uh, uh, to try and mix it up a little bit. But uh, he was player of the month and uh, a real real key player for us. And to, to answer the question uh, about Bowery or Aikens, I like Aikens as a player. I think he will be absolutely critical for us in the latter stages of the first leg and probably the second leg as well. But I would start Bowery. We'll go through our team selections later on uh, in full. Um, as well, just sort of predicting how we'd like to see us line up, how we'd like to see us uh, play as well. Um, because Thomas has asked the question, so please remind me to come back to that uh, later on towards the back end of the show because we'll talk about defences uh, as well. Chris says Bowery all day long. Um, Craig says it's written in the lines, uh, drawing on aggregate Wednesday night, up steps Lucas Aikens, 90th minute screamer. Um, <laughs> Other people saying Bowery uh, as well. And also people asking, or uh, it was uh, Richard actually who asked, should we were to, uh, if we were to beat Northampton, who would you like at Wembley? Um, Swindon for me. Clive? Port Vale, I think. Alan? Uh, I'd go with Swindon. I think Swin- Swindon is slightly, not easier, but I just think we can play better against Swindon than we normally do against Port Vale. Too many mentality Personal. factors against Port Vale for me. Um, a lot of ex-Mansfield players, obviously Flick Clough is director of football. They've been through a, uh, you know, a, a real challenging season mentally with, with what's happened, the, the sad things which have happened off the pitch there for the manager and things like that. You know, I wish them all the best in the semi-final. But if I had to pick, it would be Swindon for me. me I think it would, be, would be the. Uh, would, would be my preference, but uh, I'm not even going to start talking about that. I'm ending that conversation there because we have to focus not even on the second leg yet. We've got to focus on one game, right. one game at a time. Nigel Clough's mentality all the way through Clive has been take it one game at a time and there's no reason that that should change now. No. I all managers say that, but in, in practice, they're thinking ahead as well. They'll only, they'll only declare their hand about the game in front of them and quite rightly so. But they will have what-if scenarios running around their heads now. What if we don't take a lead from the first game? What if we've got a three-goal advantage, etc., etc.? You know, and what if so-and-so isn't, gets sent off or somebody is injured? All those things you have to have a strategy for. Now, life's too complicated for, for mere mortals like us to carry that information around in our heads. But uh, you can bet that they'll have plans in place depending on the outcome of the first game. And they won't be... They won't think about them after the game. They'll already be thinking them through. Yeah, I think uh, penalties will be a, a key one. I'm sure they'll be practicing them. I'm we sure they'll be practicing. Well, Mansfield, again, I'll get the, I'll get my regular stat out there. 
Mansfield haven't won a penalty shootout since 2013. Moving swiftly on, uh, we mentioned Nigel Clough there. I think it's about high time that we heard from him. I went down to the RH Academy uh, earlier this week to catch up uh, with uh, defender turned striker turned defender Ollie Hawkins. We'll hear from him uh, in the next uh, 10 minutes or so. Uh, but first, let's hear from the Stags manager, Nigel Clough. Nigel, it's at this time of the season where most players are heading for the airport today. Your yeah. players have still got something to do. Before we look ahead to the playoffs, what do you make of the season over the last 46 games? What are your emotions as it comes to an end? I think the uh, the, the phrase roller coaster comes to mind because it's certainly been that uh, to start uh, with so much optimism as we did and the results and the, and the performances in the first few games of the season. Uh, and then to have that run of games where we couldn't get a win, couldn't buy a win to save our lives, uh, and then to come back and reach the top seven. Uh, it's been a very, very interesting one, and I think quite a few supporters uh, have said it's been one of the most exciting seasons they've ever seen, for, for good and bad reasons as well. Uh, we've been down and out, uh, and then we've felt like we're on top of the world with some of the, the football that we've played, and especially at home at the One Call Stadium. So we've got to try and continue it now for the next three, hopefully three games, certainly the next two. Yeah, given what you've just said there, regardless of what happens in the next three does, or two or three, does that give you tremendous heart of the journey that you've been on to get to where you are now? I think so. I think we're a little bit ahead of where we thought we'd be. We wanted, you know, only 18 months, first full season, so uh, I think the recruitment uh, last summer and then again in January has just taken us a little bit further than we thought we'd be at this stage. You know, uh, to get a team together to, to challenge for promotion is, is difficult. You know, you look at Exeter, haven't finished outside the top nine, what, for five, six seasons? Forest Green have been there or thereabouts for a similar sort of time. Uh, and Bristol Rovers just got relegated last year. So you can see the sort of time it needs to build um, promotion-challenging teams. Uh, but we're, say we're probably a little bit ahead of where we thought we'd be. Yeah, Northampton, one of those sides as well that came back down yeah. last year, looking to bounce back up. Let's look at those first and foremost in terms of getting them in the playoffs. Are you happy with, with that draw or would you prefer to have uh, maybe taken them on late, at a later stage? Take anybody. I don't think there's, uh, there's anything between the teams at this stage. You know, you look at all the merits of the, the three teams that are in there with us. Uh, say Northampton really should have been had automatic. And you've got Port Vale, uh, have had a great run, beaten us this season. Swindon beaten us this season. Northampton have. So uh, I think Port Vale the only side we haven't beaten this season. Uh, so... It's uh, much of a muchness of uh, who you get at this stage. I think we really have to look at ourselves and say we have to be good enough now. You know, don't be looking at the opposition. It's a different kind of fish now, isn't it, to, to the 46 which we've just played? Yeah, completely. It is. That 46 is finished now. Uh, we're into these uh, sort of little mini cup finals and uh, it is atmosphere. Everything, everything changes, uh, I think, when you get into the playoffs. Is there some form of psychological advantage going into the first leg considering how Northampton fell out on the final day? I don't know. Uh, we won't know that, I don't think, until after the two games. Uh, there'll be a, a large degree of disappointment and, and disbelief, probably, that they uh, missed out. Uh, and I'm sure when they're sitting there 3-0 up, we had it at Burton uh, a few years ago and we thought we were safe with four minutes to go. A team had to score two goals, and they did. Uh, and that was the same sort of case for, for Northampton on Saturday. You know, you, For them to win away from home as they did, and then for the other team to score seven was a, a freakish couple of results uh, but they have to deal with it and I think it might just give them a, a renewed determination uh, not to let the season sort of end on that note. What's your views on home and away advantage because for me as a supporter it's 
you've got to play them both, haven't you? So it doesn't matter when. That's it. No, I don't think there's much. I think being at home, if you can get a lead, you know, uh, I think you've seen that in the two uh, League One games. Um, you know, we can got a 2 0 lead and successfully defended it, and Sunderland got a 1 0 lead at home, uh, and, and they managed to get through as well. So, from that point of view, if you can get a lead, however, if you don't get a lead, uh, say you draw or even lose, then it's a massive favourite for the uh, for the home team in the second leg. And one factor for us is going to be the fans again. The away leg sold out yesterday. Four hour queues to people to get tickets uh, yesterday. It's great to see people to, to come out, isn't it? And you know, back the club and, and hope for success at the end of it. They've done all season, so uh, and the, the numbers that we've taken on the road uh, have been remarkable. And, uh, to have a full house at, at home on Saturday night and then a full away end on Wednesday night uh, is, is brilliant but it's, it's what we've been uh, used to and a little bit spoiled by. How key is that experience that you've got within your squad, those players that have been through these scenarios before to lift those younger players? Mm. Just I think the experience around training this week is going to be vital that they just keep everybody calm and feet on the ground and uh, and also they will also know that yes we've achieved something by getting in the top seven but really it hasn't achieved anything in terms of we want to try and get promoted uh, so the next three games if it is three will uh, determine that that's Stags boss Nigel Clough speaking to me from Mansfield 103.2 you can watch that uh, full interview with Nigel uh, on I follow Stags full interview on there with Ollie Hawkins as well we'll hear a little bit more from Ollie um, in the next uh, half an hour or so here on the Mansfield Matters podcast, the playoff preview show. Also on iFollow State, you can also watch this season's club awards where Stephen McLaughlin uh, pretty much swept the board with uh, the hat-trick of awards. Rito bagged one as well, as did James Perch. But the awards are not over. The Mansfield Matters podcast awards, let's face it, the best awards of all because you don't get a trophy, you just get a tweet. Might get a graphic this year, you never know. I might spice things up, we'll, we'll win and see. Uh, you can still vote for the Mansfield Matters uh, Podcast Awards. We did the shortlist uh, whittling down in the uh, in the previous show. The link that you need is in the description. Keep your votes uh, coming in as well um, and have your say on a variety of categories. Player of the season, goal of the season, ground of the season, all of that sort of stuff. It's in the link in the description. Craig, can I, can I just say that my, my suggestion for the, the best loan player of the season being Narty is probably a long shot. Last time I looked, he was win- he was winning. So, <laughs> I, I, but I also had a little look at the stats, and it said Clive Parkin had voted four hundred and seventy-three times. So, oh well, that'd be trying, it, to fi- trying to fix the vote is not going to happen. Don't worry, don't worry. Uh, and also, as well, uh, if you want to get yourself uh, on the away trip uh, to Northampton course uh, with the Stags Supporters Association. Uh, we'll give you all those details in just a second once I've loaded them up right in front of me on the, on my phone. Uh, of course, if you want to get involved, you can get yourself a seat on the coach uh, for the second leg. The coaches will be leaving at 4pm from One Course Stadium. £15 for Amber members and junior members, £20 for Blue members, £25 for non-members. Uh, and SSA members must show membership cards on entry to uh, the coaches to get those uh, membership prices. Uh, and if you want to get yourself a seat on the coach due to high demand, uh, the Supporters Association are asking that you text your um, your your booking request with your name and membership number for every person in your party that wishes to travel. So if I wanted to book for me, Clive and Alan, for example, I'd say Craig Priest, 
A123, Clive Parkin A124 and Alan Wilson uh, A121 um, and, and send those in there. Um, and you can send it to the all-important number, Alan Wilson, which is... 07967-689-597. And that number again is... 06967-689-597. 06967-689-597. 06967-689-597. 06967-689-597. 06967-689-597. 06967-689-597. 06967-689-597. 06967-689-597. 06967-689-597. 06967-689-597. 06967-689-597. 06967-689-597. 06967-689
you do need players to step up and you need the experienced players to step up and, and help you out. They've done so over this the course of this season, the more experienced pros, pros. But of course, Clive, there's quite a few in the dressing room that do have playoff uh, various playoff experiences. Ah, yeah, we're a, we're a stronger playoff conditioned outfit this time round. And even if it goes to the dreaded penalties, I've got far more faith in our ability to score penalties than than in the past. So I, sh- I don't think we should be worried about that. And I think uh, ultimately, the only thing I can say, and I've ris- I run the risk of boring myself, let alone everybody else, is that if we play our game, we'll beat anybody. And that's what we've got to go for. Yeah, I'm just uh, going through uh, MTFC Musings on Stagsnet and uh, and Twitter has posted uh, uh, a very detailed uh, look at who's got experience within the, uh, the the playoff squad. Just looking at, at uh, you know the, the team that's likely to to start the game. Steve McLaughlin, of course, um, was, was won numerous Player of the Season awards this week. He won the League Two playoffs with Southend in 2015, scored in the semi-finals, and started two of the three games. Uh, Elliot Hewitt, uh, who we hope to have back in, uh, lost in the League Two semi-finals with Notts County in 2018. Um, Rawson's been involved with Forest Green. Uh, Perch was in the League One playoff semis with uh, Forest in 2007. Uh, you also lost in the Championship uh, semi-finals in, in 2010. Uh, and, of course, had experience in the Europa League as well with Newcastle. Um, John Joe O'Toole been involved um, with um, with Watford in the semi-finals before in, in 2008. Um, Ollie Clark, National League playoffs with Bristol Rovers. Uh, Stephen Quinn, Championship final in 2009 with Sheffield United. Uh, League One final with Sheffield United as well in 2012. Um, and uh, also uh, involved in... in an FA Cup semi-final with Hull City before as well. Um, who else is there in there as well? Um, Murphy, uh, Scottish FA Cup uh, semi-final experience uh, there as well. Also in this in the uh, League One semi-finals with Sheffield United back in 2013. Um, Ollie Hawkins mentioned it in the interview with me. Uh, National League semis with Dagenham and Redbridge in 2017. Um, Also uh, in the Johnson's Paint Trophy with uh, Portsmouth in 2019 uh, and League One semifinals um, as well. Um, Who else is there? Reese Oates, National League uh, playoffs with Hartlepool scoring uh, three in the semis. Uh, Lucas Aikens, uh, of course, EFL Cup semi-finals against Man- Manchester City in 2019 with, with Burton. There's probably more in there a, a, as well. Um, I think Kieran Wallace may have been in and around the, the Burton squad um, as well, uh, Alan. But uh, when you run through that side and when you run through the, the players that are likely to be involved, there is a lot of playoff experience. And I'm hoping that bo- that, that bodes well and overrides the fact that Nigel Clough, as a manager, hasn't actually had success in uh, in the playoffs, but uh, neither of the stags. So, uh, you know, it's time. It's only my opinion, Craig, and I'm willing to be shot down for this, but I don't think it gives one iota who's played in a Premier uh, playoff final, playoff semi-final before, because it's on the night. It's those first 90 minutes plus probably, and the second 90 minutes. Because, I mean, at the end of the day, when we took the penalty shootout against Newport, who missed our penalty? Who'd scored all the penalties all the way up through that season? Mr. Tyler Walker. 
and he was the one that missed. It's just on the night, and I think that makes the most sense because it's just you know if you if you start well, like we've said, first fifteen minutes, and Mans like Clive said, Mansfield play the way that we know that they can play. I don't think it'll matter about who's played there before or not. But you have to admit, though, that players that have been through those experiences before, they can take something from that and put it into the game, surely? Yeah, yeah, I admit that. But I just think it's on the night. I don't think it matters, you know, whether they've played or not. That's that's my personal opinion. Like I say, if people shoot me down for it, that's fine. But it's just my opinion. Clive, what's your views on it? I don't think anybody would want to shoot Alan down. No, me neither. No, I wasn't talking about that, though. I was talking more specifically about playoff experience. I think all experience is valuable. And I think if you can, if you can confront situations which are not common in your game, and playoffs and semi-finals or whatever are not common, having had some experience of them, it can only do good. Yeah, that's, that's as near it. as I'm going to get to shooting Alan down, I have to tell you. Yeah, well, there you go. Uh, there you go. Well, uh, we're going to talk team selection in the next five minutes. But first, we're going to head back to uh, the RH Academy and we're going to hear a little bit uh, from uh, Stag's striker, turn defender, turn striker, um, Ollie Hawkins. And I began by asking him specifically about uh, a player's mindset talking about how Northampton fell out on the final day and uh, whether that would affect their mentality or not going into two huge games at the back end of the campaign. I think they might and coming to us especially for the first leg and if we can get the crowd and, and we start like we do normally in the first 10 minutes it, it won't be pretty sight for them I think um, but we just got to like I say keep ourselves calm and relax and and give ourselves no pressure and just play like we do all, all season at home and and then hopefully like we can we can get one on them. People talk about the home advantage being the second leg, but looking at it this time around from Mansfield's perspective, 13 wins in the last 15 games at home, second best home form in the league, playing at home is, is perhaps the, in the first leg, is perhaps the, the springboard that you guys would want. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I mean, some teams have better away forms, I suppose, in home form sometimes and vice versa. And for us, I think being at home first is, is an advantage, I think, and I reckon they'll know that as well. And if we can get a good result, I, I, I don't see us going to their place and losing three or four nil, say, or two or three nil. I can see us um, not conceding many and, and like going through the tie. Yeah. And of course, you've been involved in playoff campaigns previously. When it comes to these games, it's a different ball game entirely, isn't it? Are the preparations different as well off the pitch? Um, mentally, maybe, like physically and training, it should always stay the same. Um, like I said previously, you, you've just got to get your mental state right and 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 not feel the pressure. And when you go into these games, you've just got to play with a smile on your face and, and just play like you have all season. And then if if, if it's meant to be and, and you do well and you and you battle and you and you work hard, and the result will come. How important is it at this stage of the season when it's getting quite tense, when you know there's a lot to play for, to have a management team around you that are, allow you to have that extra time with the family just to, to get your minds as completely clear and focused on the, the task at hand. Yes, it's, it's brilliant for myself, especially with a newborn as well and previously in my career where managers haven't been so lenient and you're in every day, you're working hard and you're getting home a bit late. It's not, I think, the way the manager and, and his, his staff like do uh, allow us to have this time off is really good. Um, and like I said before, it's, with the mental side of it, it helps you relax a bit knowing that you're seeing family and you're not putting all the pressure on just thinking about the game. You've got your family to think about and then coming into training, relaxed, 
training hard, getting ready for the game, and then once the game comes on that day, that's when you switch on and, and you turn it on. How important have the fans been in, in this run that you've had? Because it's the first season back, sort of post-pandemic, where fans have been allowed back in. I remember that first moment and the first home game, that feeling that roar again. It felt like a, a long, long time coming. How important have they been? Because crowds have just gone up and up and up. Yeah, it's all season. It's been brilliant. And, even when we're losing some games, you can still hear them. And I think it's very important. It gets us up, especially the first half of games when it's when we're, we're on top and we're, we're, we're trying to attack, 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 attack. The fans are brilliant. And then away from home as well, like Scunthorpe away, if loads of games away, I can name, I just named Scunthorpe just because we won and they people jumped on the pitch. But it just, it gives you that, it gives you that added advantage and that added oomph to sort of try hard and, and get a win for them. In terms of the opposition that you're going to face in the next two games, what have you made of Northampton? Do you know many of the lads there? Have you been in, in touch with any of them? Um, I don't really know any of them personally or phone number wise um, like that. Um, I just know they're, that they're organised, they're big and strong from set pieces, and and we've dealt with them before at home, like I said, about previous, and we just got to go into the game as ourselves and, and nothing will change. And of course, you know, with those two games coming up, what's going to be the key to getting through to, to a Wembley final and having a chance at League One? Um, just winning for start and then just battling, uh, working hard and just everything that you need in, in a football, pitch, um, football match, I suppose, combined with a, a relaxed mindset and and I think the rest will be... rest will go. I can't even say the word I want to say. I can't even say the word. I'll, I'll, I'll finish on that one. I'm trying to think of a word, but I can't think of it right now. And the yeah. final hypothetical situation for you. You've played up front, you've played at centre-half. 90th minute winner in the second leg, or two clean sheets? Two clean sheets, 100%. Yeah. That's the defender's answer, for yeah. sure. Um, wait, the, the winner in the first leg or the second, second leg? leg? Oh, that's a bit tough now, actually. I thought you, meant, <laughs> I thought you just meant the winner in one game. Um, but the winner... Oh, yeah, the winner goes through. I'll take, I'll take the winner actually yeah I'll take that back I apologise <laughs> I thought I thought you meant just score a goal or two clean sheets but yeah if they're both going through I'll take the winner of the goal yeah uh, that'll never leave me that one from putting them on the back foot to questions about biscuits to hypothetical situations I, I, I'll be honest I think he backtracked a little bit when, he, when, uh, when, when I said that's a defender's answer and he, he wasn't quite ready to give up the, uh, the striker's uh, mantle Clive I'm going to come to you because I know we've got to lose you in the next five minutes uh, or so before uh, we wrap things up Ollie Hawkins mentioned in his interview there uh, about just you know letting the rest take care of itself and just playing like we have especially at home that's going to be critical for us isn't it on, on Saturday not getting drawn into this this whole thing about you know it's it's a journalist's job to try and t talk up the things about Northampton falling out in the final day the keeper being suspended the great home form etc etc what matters is continuing to play like you have because that ultimately is what's got you there yeah um, without over repeating everything if we play well we win and that's really uh, that's really all we can rely on. You can't rely on what the other team are doing or what the officials are going to do or what the other match is all about. All we can do is our 11 on the pitch at any one time doing everything that we know they can do. And I, I don't actually think uh, it matters um, whether it's this 11 in our squad or the next 11 in our squad. They're all, they've all been blooded this season. Yeah, they certainly have. Alan, quickly, your views are on that before I go to Clive for his uh, his uh, starting lineup pick for for Saturday. I can't disagree with anything that's been said. To be fair, you know, if Mansell, if we Mansell play the know that the the way that we know they can play, I don't think we'll have any problems. And you know, if they go one up or what whatever, we'll deal with it. 
Yeah, right. Let's uh, let's before we have to to lose Clive. Let's talk team selections, Clive. We've been very vocal over the last couple of weeks, <laughs> almost ironically, about Ollie Hawkins being at, at, at centre half. Nothing against him being there at all. I think he's he did a superb job for us when he had to uh, to step in when we needed him to. But the previous two games, the final two games of the season, uh, the two games where we won and sort of reignited our season, kept two clean sheets as well. It was with a back four of Elliot Hewitt at right back, John Joe Tall and James Perch at centre-half and player of the season, Stephen McLaughlin at left back. If you were Nigel Clough, would you be going back to that back four? Yes, absolutely. Um, my, my, my starting eleven would be Steck. Oh, no, Bishop. Um <laughs> Hewitt O'Toole, Perchmacher, Marius Longstaff, Quinn, Murphy, Bowery, Oates. Alan, what about you? What would you be be going with? I think Clive's. I think Clive's right. I think we've we've got to start in a, in a way which allows us to be on the front foot and attack, but it's also got to be fluid enough to to drop in and, and block the midfield off. What would you be going for? I would change just one person from that eleven, and I would uh, take Murphy out and put Lapsley in. Interesting, interesting. I think you will probably go with with uh, Murphy there. Yeah, I think, I think you will. For me, it would be uh, Bishop in goal. Obviously, the back four like we've just mentioned of uh, Hewitt, Perch, O'Toole, and McLaughlin. Um, I definitely have. Uh, I'd have Longstaff in there. I'd have Quinn in there. And to be honest, I'm going to be throw one left field out there. I would start with Kieran Wallace. I'd start with Wallace sat in front of that back four. Alan's pulled a face, but I'll tell you for why, Alan. Yeah, I presume uh, you're going to get rid of Maris. Yep. I mean, yeah. it's not, no, that's not a, nothing against Maris. I mean, you might yeah. think that it, that it is from, from me because I've said I didn't sell it tongue in cheek basically just to get some content the other week. Um, but I, I think when Wallace has come on over the last four games and slotted into that position, I've sat there and think, why is he not started? Because he's got a calmness there. He brings the ball down. He, he bops it off. Quick movement. He really gets us moving. He's strong in the air. He's physical. And I think he's been a linchpin in that midfield. And I think we're going to need that with a front three of Bowery, Oates and Murphy, by the way. But for me, I'd be I'd be starting with Wallace. I know you, everyone probably disagrees, but, but there you go. I, I'm, I'm going to start with, with Wallace. I think he'll play a big part. If that was the case, it wouldn't upset me a great deal. Because I, I think... I think I think Wallace has got some some real skills, and I think we've yet to see the best of Wallace. Yeah, yeah. I think there's, there's a time and a place for Wallace as well as Aikens, but the time isn't on Saturday. He's not um, half the player without his partner Grom, Gromit, is he? <laughs> it's a little bit like it's a little bit like uh, McLaughlin and, and Quinn. I had to have a little wry yeah. smile to my uh, to my to myself and say uh, when I watch the the awards, I don't give too much away, but Nigel Clough hands the uh, the, the players' player of the season uh, over, I think it is, um, or, or one of the awards anyway. I can't remember which one it is. McLaughlin it wins it. He, yeah, McLaughlin wins it, and he says, uh, "I think Stephen Quinn should come up and get this award, or at least half of it, because he's <laughs> yeah. he, he doesn't. This Stephen doesn't play very well without that other Stephen. It was a little <laughs> sly, sly, funny digging in the way which yeah. Nigel Clough uh, does. Uh, Thomas says thinks Hawkins should start. His dominance in the air is a major strength, especially with the way Northampton play. Would start O'Toole and Hawkins. Uh, and Will says play a footballer like Law to actually put Oates through." I actually slightly agree with that, Will. I mean, I think Law is a very good footballer. I know he's highly thought of um, by uh, the Stags staff. And uh, I think he'll be very much uh, a player in which if he was on the bench, he could come on uh, and create. I think he will just miss out of the 18, though, uh, which is unfortunate. Clive, I'm going to let you go because I know you need to, to get gone. Before I do, though, final thing from you. 
What are your? Um, what, no, 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 no. I'm not doing. We're not doing predictions. That is done. Done. Uh, that that game. That's that game's over. Games. That's done. The season's done. What Have I was going to do it. Yeah, it's the no, we no, we've not done it. I'm just not doing it. Uh, it's yeah. Oh well, I've, I've worked if, my socks off to do a prediction. Well, well, if you <laughs> if you want to say it, say it. But what I was no, going to no, ask? No, I don't want to break any rules. Uh, there's no rules. I just I just couldn't be couldn't be asked. Just really. finished. Yeah, three one Longstaff, Oaks and Macker. You get no points for it. Uh, how are you? How are you going to keep yourself entertained during Saturday? Because for me, seven forty-five kickoff just makes things even nervier during the day. What are you going to do to occupy yourself? I'm going to go and swing a golf club somewhere. Well, I, I hope you do well, and as long as there's a windmill involved, I can back it. Clive, thanks for joining us. We'll see you again right. on Monday for uh, the second leg uh, preview. Alan, um, going to stick around for another five minutes or so, uh, and then we'll yeah. wrap things up. Um, because I want to talk a little bit more about team selection and, and, and things like that and, and making things count and playoffs uh, previous. Um, I know we spoke a little bit sort of in the week. You'll be able to hear that on Sport on Friday on Mansfield 103.2 uh, tomorrow night uh, in that little show. But I want to talk a little bit more about playoffs previous um, because I know, you know, you've, you've seen uh, a lot of them. Um, it surprised me actually looking at it that we've only actually ever been involved in four previous playoff campaigns. Yeah. I, was, I was expecting a lot more than that, to be honest. Yeah. And I've, uh, I've seen them all. <laughs> yeah, I was at I was at uh, Saltygate that dreadful evening when we I think it was one one we drew at our place and we ended up losing four uh, two on the night and four uh, one on the night and it was ended up five two or five three something like that. I know we lost quite heavily anyway. Yeah, I don't know whether it was uh, one all on the night and then five two on on the night in the second leg, but I know there was I think there was yeah, I think it was five two actually on the on the night of the away leg. Yeah, but it was a very very it's one of those, isn't it? First ever time in the playoffs. That's the one thing you don't want to do, and that's play your local rivals because it's yeah, yeah it, it can go any which way, can't it? Can't it? It's uh, really really yes, it one. was a poor memory from that one. I'm gonna say we've had some uh, good memories, you know, the Colin Larkin. It was a poor memory when Greeny got sent off against York, but it was a good memory when CJ scored against Newport. Yeah, it certainly was. There's, you know, there's a lot of um, uh, a lot of you know memories, good memories in in the playoffs, and I don't think home advantage or anything comes into it. I'm just looking at, at the way we were in those particular seasons. So 94, 95, we finished in six, which is equivalent to seventh now because back in those days, only yeah. two went up automatic. Um, yeah. uh, 18 wins, 11 draws, 13 defeats, a goal difference of plus 25, 65 points. Uh, 2003, 2004... Um, of course, when uh, we last played Northampton in the playoffs, we finished in fifth. Northampton finished in sixth. If I'm right in thinking as well, we had three consecutive games against Northampton because we played them on the final game of the season, didn't we? Yeah, I think we did. I think I can remember that because I enjoyed going to uh, six fields for the uh, the first encounter with Reese Day. I think it was Reese Day and Disley. Craig Disley, who scored the goals. And we're really looking forward to, you know, upbeat about 2-0 away. And it just shows you, like you said earlier on, you know, you've got to take, try and got to try, take something with you, you know, just to battle, because they will come out all guns blazing, definitely, a week uh, next Wednesday. That yeah, irrespective of what score is. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Uh, that season, 122 drawn, just nine, lost uh, 15. Dean, uh, plus 14 goal difference, 75 points in that one. Like you say, uh, Reese Day and Junior Mendes both scoring in the away leg. Uh, and then oh, uh, Tom Junior Mendes, I thought it was Disley. 
No, I thought it was uh, Junior Mendes got the, the goal. He got the t- the tap oh, in. Oh, I think could be right then. I, thought I might be wrong. I might be wrong. You might be right. I might be wrong. My research may have uh, served me wrong. I don't know. But um, I know Reese Day definitely scored because yeah. I actually had the pleasure yeah, of... Yeah, we'll uh, agree on that one. Yeah, we did. Well, we can definitely agree on that one. Um, I actually had the pleasure of catching up with Reese uh, earlier this week yeah. in a, uh, a mini Stag Stories, a new thing to the Mansfield Matters podcast we're doing called Stag Story Snippets, smaller interviews themed around certain uh, things. If you want to listen to that, it's on our YouTube now. It's also in your podcast feeds as well, completely for free. Told some great stories and remembers uh, that, uh, that very, very well indeed. Um, penalties it went to on the night after Tom Curtis uh, levelled it on aggregate late on in, yeah. in the home game, a very nervy one. Um, Wayne Cordham, Liam Lawrence, Neil McKenzie, Laurent Jaffe, and then Colin Larkin scoring the penalties uh, in that one. Then in what the conference know, days... Um, 2011-2012, uh, Paul Cox's first season as manager. We finished third in that season, which I think would be equivalent to, what, fifth? Because mm. obviously, of course, one team goes yeah. up from the conference. Um, anyway, played York over two legs. 25 wins, 14 draws and only 70 feats uh, that season. A uh, plus 39 goal difference with 89 uh, points. Um, like so a very, very good season that year. It yeah. just shows, doesn't it, that, you know, in the conference, really, you know, there should be more than one team going off automatic. Because yeah. if you're getting 89 points and not getting promoted, I there's know, something wrong, isn't there? Done to, wouldn't you? Yeah, th- there is. And of course, uh, that one first leg, Ross Dyer scores at, at York uh, from an extra Skahegan throw. Uh, and then we lose uh, 1-0 in the, the second leg because we were without Matt Green. Similar sort of season. We were very much a one-man yeah. team then in terms of goals scored. And we are again this season because without Reese Oates, it's fair yeah. to say we've not been good enough in front of goal. Yeah, definitely. Oh, I'd agree with that because uh, Green, he was on fire, weren't he, in two seasons? Did it, it was something like 27 and 25 or the other mm. way around. I know he found that the net, uh, back of the net, you know, on numerous occasions. And we really missed that, Craig. Yeah. It's a good yeah. job the midfielders have, uh, you know, dibbed in and like Mac has dibbed in. And we've got the extras uh, where we needed them. And then, of course, at the last time we were in the League Two playoffs, only three seasons or so ago, David Flitcroft as manager, 76 points we finished on uh, that season. 20 wins, 16 draws and just 10 defeats, a uh, plus 28 goal difference. Obviously, Tyler Walker getting the majority uh, of those goals yeah. uh, for us. Newport away in the first leg, CJ Hamilton scores after a pretty poor end to the campaign yeah. uh, for us. Then, of course, a boring nil-nil draw in the second leg, and then we lose on penalties. Nicky Jose, CJ Hamilton, and Mel Benning scoring. Of course, Tyler Walkers was saved, and Newport scored uh, yeah. all of those. Um, and of course, if you're looking for a bit of an omen, Danny Rose was in the Stags team. Then, of course, he'll be in the Northampton team um, on Saturday. This season, by comparison, over the 46 games, 22 wins, 11 draws, 13 defeats, a plus 15 goal difference, and 77 points. So we beat uh, Flickcross total by one point. And I think what that shows is when we get when we were under Paul Cox in in the conference we were a difficult side to beat because of 14 draws and just seven defeats but under Nigel Clough we don't play for draws we go for it I think that really bodes well you look at form coming into it last time we were in the playoffs in 1819 we were in poor form because we we slipped out in the manner and we did we had so many chances uh, to try and get over the line and we, we weren't good enough this year I think you know the, you look at the back end of the season Four games unbeaten, two wins and two draws. 
probably should have beaten Salford, but we, we had to play for the draw. We've said that. And then Forest Green, you know, that was always going to end in, in a stalemate yeah. because they needed at least a point. I think we can be very, very proud of, of the way we finished quite strongly. But Northampton have finished as equally strongly. It, it really is difficult to call, isn't it? Even though I've also thought of something else, Craig, as well. You know, in the Flitcroft era, when mm. we didn't go up, when we lost in the playoff final, wasn't that the season where they were just sorting the uh, ground out at RH Academy yes. and they couldn't play on the grass? Because he went to St George's Park, he mm. went here, there and everywhere, didn't they? They were like going everywhere else for another, you know, for like week in, week out. Whereas different this year, Nigel's got them on the same patch all the time. He's told us about the training. And I'm just wondering if that'll make a little bit of a difference. Do you know you what? Know, it was going to different places, you know, that, being at the academy. Yeah, that's something which I, I'd not thought about at all because you're absolutely right. Because that was another big reason why um, Flickcroft was dismissed at the end of that yeah. campaign because we spent a lot of money towards the back end of that yeah. season. You know, the RH, if we're being completely honest, is a, a phenomenal facility it's still got room for improvement but it's a very very good training center for a league two two club but back then it wasn't ready the the pitchers weren't ready to train on it was only the 3g pitch there really that was was good enough to to train on and and training on 3g is not the greatest uh especially modern 3g pitchers uh, and that's why we got a few of the injuries um as well but like you say towards the back end of the campaign because David Flickcroft wanted to, you know, train on good facilities and, and, and try yeah. and get the best from his players. We trained at St. George's. We've, I think we trained at Sheffield United a couple of times. We yeah. trained uh, all over the place. And like you say, not being settled is a big thing. But the players now in, in this current season are settled. They've got a good facility. And when I went down to RH on, on Tuesday, Alan, I can honestly say they, there were no nervous energy in the area. No. It, was, it was a nice, a genuinely nice feeling. I wouldn't have imagined that that would have been the same three or four years ago when, when we were last in the playoffs. It's like Ollie Hawkins said that, you know, all credit to Nigel. It lets them have time with the family. They know they've done the training. They know exactly what they can do. He knows how much to give them. Extra training for the players that haven't been, you know, either in the starting eleven or maybe in the squad or haven't come on, whatever. You know, your Ollie Clarks and so on. Because they might play a very crucial part in these next two games. Yeah, and I think mindset's a huge thing as well. You know, like we say before... Um, I wasn't around in 94, 95, so I can't talk about the mindset then. Similarly, in, in 03, 04, although I remember watching um, that campaign and, and, and seeing how it worked out. But if our memory serves me correct, we knew we were in the playoffs probably before the last two games of the season. I think we went to Huddersfield, I think three game, two, two or three games before the end and sealed our playoff place there. And I, I don't think automatics were, were within reach then, were they really? I'm not sure. I'm going to say, I can remember going to Huddersfield and I can remember winning 3 1. I don't know whether that's the same match because yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mendes yeah. scored twice that game, didn't he? I yeah. can remember being there. And the, mm, yeah. uh, the, was it the McAlpine Stadium then? Yeah, as it was. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And uh, so, you know, that mindset, we were prepared for it. Uh, going in, going into it and uh, Northampton were as well it was very similar it was almost like a warm up friendly game that um, yeah. the, the final game of the season which I believe we lost as well um, and then obviously in the, in the conference days you talk about mindset like we said earlier to get 89 points and to not go up automatically is madness so that affects your mindset and then we lost out on the final game of the season by giving a stupid goal away at MK Dons where all we needed was a draw so that affects your mindset as yeah. well I think this year 
considering where we, we've we've come from, I had it up earlier. I'm going to see if I can find it uh, now. Uh, there's a progress progress chart. We were after 14 games of the season, we were second from from bottom. We were in 23rd. So to yeah. go from 23rd. Uh, right up to the highs of third after 32 games uh, and then to be pretty much in the top uh, 10 from that point onwards, finishing eventually in seventh is a phenomenal, phenomenal achievement. Really, really is a, a good achievement to, uh, to have. And I think that actually bodes well for our mindset going into this. We know how poor we've been. We know where we've come from. And it stands us in good stead for, for giving it a real go. And do you know what? If it doesn't happen, we didn't really say this earlier. I think we'll probably talk more about this on Monday, to be fair. But if it doesn't happen, I think we've all got this sense of, well, next season will be a, be a continuation of that. Like Nigel Clough said earlier, he thinks we're ahead of where we thought we'd be. And I think he's yeah. right. Yeah, I'm going to say, yeah, I think the fans will take it on the chin as well because it's like uh, Mac has said, it's like Ollie Hawkins, like Quinny, like Nigel himself, even uh, Andy Garner said it when you spoke to him. You know, it's the fans that understand that that when they put 100, the players will put 110% in every game, win, lose or draw. Mansfield fans will stay to the end and experience, you know, the clapping, the applause, and you know they'll they'll be very pleased with what they've seen because of the effort that they've put in. It's when you don't put the effort in, you know, similar to Northampton away, we didn't think the effort or the, there was no cohesion, was there? We were there, and it was just well, it was terrible. The sun was in his eyes as well. <laughs> it was just we we moved seats four <laughs> four times, didn't we, that day? I think. Yeah, well, I'm right. I'm hoping to sit in the side stand on uh, uh, on Wednesday, so we sh- I should finish where I was last time. Have you got a ticket? Did you manage to get yeah. a ticket in the end? Yeah. I, you know, I, I'd feel really, really bad if you didn't answer that question with a no, because I did offer to use my season ticket to, <laughs> yes, to get you one you on did. Monday when I was queuing. Yeah. So I'm glad you, you've got yourself. Yes, I managed to get one, yes. And yeah. I'm in the side stand. That's yeah. That's very good news. I'm just scrolling back actually to uh, that Northampton game, the 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 game at uh, Sixfields, and um, I'm going to look at the, the the starting lineup that we had uh, that game just to see how far we've come from there. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know. Some names in there. Uh, Bishop um, played as he's you know he's been ever present for us this season. Uh, James Clark was at right back. Hewitt and Rawson were the two centre halves. Uh, McLaughlin was left back. Charles Lee Lapsley. And Ollie Clark made up the the midfield, and it was a a front line of Bowery, Hawkins, and Johnson. So there was no uh, Oates starting uh, no. there. Uh, he was actually feeling under the weather before the game and not well enough uh, to start. He came on uh, for the last fifteen minutes, uh, and the other two subs that we used were, were Keaton Ward and, and Ryan Burke, uh, both of which incidentally released uh, earlier yeah. uh, this week. The not unused... too many changes though, Craig. Is it? To be fair, no. I mean. I think, you know, and then the other subs that were unused were Shelby, Forrester, Law and Gale. So it was a very young side with the injuries and yeah. things like that. But if you look at it, no Stephen Quinn in midfield. Yeah. Obviously, this is this predates John Joe O'Toole being in there there anyway. Um, Hewitt's a better right back than he is centre-half. I think we've said that. And, uh, and, and Faz... We've all got our own opinions uh, on Faz, and sometimes it's it's a partnership thing. And at, at that time, it wasn't quite going well. Midfield-wise, you know, it, it's completely different to where it is. Obviously, um, Charlesley's not with us anymore. He's now doing well at, at, at Port Vale. Um, Lapsley's in there, and then obviously Ollie Clark's not played because of his injury. It's no. a very, very different side. I think it's a very different 
you know, like you said, there is a, there's a few names in there that are still very much in our lineup, but we, we play a different way and we have a different mentality yeah. about us now. Yeah. Well, it's a different, uh, to, to coin a phrase, you know, it's a different team as it, as in, you know, players that's available, you know, your Quins, because he makes such a difference with Macca down the side. Mm. Hewitt slotted in at right back now, where I think he's more comfortable. And, you know, going back to Rawson, with the two games where, was it Hawkins that was suspended? And yeah. Rawkin, uh, Rawson came in. And for one of those, he was the man of the match. Didn't we have two clean sheets as well? And so he can feel a little bit hard done to, you know, like Barry, as you know, because he was on a good mm. run. Then he ended up on the bench. And I think Rawson, to a certain extent, is the same because he's had some really good quality games for Mansfield. He's just, you know, dropped out a little bit just lately. Yeah, I think I I just think that with the experience we've got of Perch and O'Toole in there, yeah. I think we've got better options uh, in there. Uh, Roy says, I wonder if Johnson could be the hero in these playoffs. You know, he's he's been in and around it, hasn't it? It'd be interesting. Cause I, did he, I don't I think he missed out of the eighteen, didn't he? On uh, yeah, on on yeah, Saturday. So, yeah, and, and to be honest, with the eighteen we put out last Saturday, I don't think it'll be too dissimilar to that um, to that Possibly eighteen. Not. Um, I think we they might be, it might be a slightly changed starting lineup. I, I think I personally feel that we will go back to that back four with uh, with Hewitt at right back. Um, well, I hope so. Um, but let's go through what that eight team was. Obviously, Bishop, Perch, O'Toole, Hawkins, McLaughlin, Maris, Barry, Longstaff, Quinn, uh, Murphy, and Oates, uh, Wallace, Hewitt, Aikins, and then obviously not used were were, were Clark, Stirk, uh, Lapsley, and Steck. The only one I can really see, you know, missing out in there is potentially Ollie Clark. But I think Nigel Clough will want to have him in the yeah, round. He's put him back that, on the bench. He's not giving him minutes because he's not, you know, he's, he's not had the chance. But I think he's a tenacious catter, isn't he? Yeah, and, and that's what Manchester missed at time. Cliffy likes that. Yeah, I, I you know, I, I think if Johnson was given an opportunity, like somebody said about Jason Law earlier on, yeah. I think he could probably give a spot. But hand on heart, I don't think there'll be much change in that 18. No. Now, if uh, in my opinion, it's only my opinion, as we've said before, if he if he keeps Perch and plays him alongside O'Toole, fine. If mm. he doesn't want Perch in there, I would sooner see Hawkins there and Perch on the bench. I don't mm. want him to replace Hewitt at right back because I just don't think it's his best position. If they swap, you mm. know, if Perch plays at centre-back and Hewitt at right-back, whether it's Perch or whether it's Hawkins. I think Perch's quality there with O'Toole, it, you know, it just is it, so calm and collected, you know. In, Honestly, in best, best centre-half like partnership I've, I've seen yeah. at, at the Stags in, in recent years in those two games, country mile, Perch and, Perch and O'Toole. And, and like you say... Hawkins, if Hawkins is on the bench, you know, 20 minutes to go, depending on the score, if we need a goal... Not, not the other goal, end. Yeah. Get him on. Get him on. And then obviously, once you've got the goal, you bring him back That's and you it. shut up shop. It's It writes itself, doesn't it? It writes itself. Yeah. I'm well aware that we've been baffling on for an hour and 15 minutes. And I know that Alan Wilson's <laughs> a very, very busy man. So I'm going to let you go. I'm going to bring things uh, to an end. Really appreciate your company tonight. We will be back on... Uh, on, on Monday to uh, look ahead to the second leg. Obviously, you know, the routines and everything are completely out of the window on uh, Saturday with it being a 7.45 kickoff. Clive's going to go and swing a golf club around. What are you going to do during the day, Alan, to, to try and, you know, 
ease the nervous well, tension because as much as we say they won't be, when Saturday comes, yeah. those nerves are going to be right up there. Well, I've got my granddaughter, granddaughter stopping Friday night, stroke Saturday morning, and I should be taking her to a gymnastics class in the morning. Probably going and having a wander around Sutton, waiting, for, you know, three quarters an hour, have a coffee somewhere, you know, check stuff out, and then just gently chill, shower shaved, get ready, and look forward to the game. I'm glad you didn't say the other S in there, but let's hope that the uh, at the full-time whistle... Family show, great. Family show, absolutely. Uh, let's just hope then, Alan, that at the full-time whistle, um, you can take some tips from those gymnastics classes uh, and that we are doing cartwheels. As ever, yeah. thanks for your company tonight. The stage then is nearly set for all the drama to unfold on Saturday night. I cannot wait for it. Really, really looking forward to it. Whatever happens, I think we can be very, very proud of what we've already achieved this season. Record points haul, record smashed at home, second best home record in the division. If it doesn't quite happen this time round, there's definitely an underlying feeling of sheer hope and willingness for us to go on and do it next year. We're not even going to think about that though yet. Let's channel everything positive into what we've got. One Core Stadium Saturday night. If you've not got a ticket, make sure you get yourself tuned in to Mansfield 103.2. All throughout the day, there's going to be a build-up right from in the morning all the way through the afternoon to uh, when we get started at 6pm. Aaron Outram will be in the hot seat. And joining me at One Core Stadium for full match commentary, every kick of the action will be Cam Felton. Yes, he's back for a second game running. He didn't do too badly last time round. He's stepping into the breach uh, again for us to bring you that unrivaled passion as the Stags aim to try and take something good and something positive into that second leg at the Sixfield Stadium on Wednesday night. Don't forget, we'll have all the reaction and all the build-up to the second leg on Monday night. We'll let you know our time on our social media pages in between. All the reaction on there. And if you want to hear me and a couple of Northampton fans talk, remember you can check out It's All Cobblers to Me on Twitter. I'm on their preview show uh, this week, and I'm also going to be on their preview show ahead of the second leg as well. Bringing two great podcasts together for one common cause, football, believing in a dream. Let's just hope that for the Stags, it's repeat of 2003-2004. Don't forget you can still vote for the end of season Mansfield Matters podcast awards. Voting will end once the season does come to its conclusion. Thanks as always for listening. Thanks as always for getting involved. We'll see you next time where hopefully the Stags are taking something positive into that second leg at Northampton. All that's left to say is... Come on you Staggies! Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.